the old geeks. Two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Some people have sympathetic yawns. I have sympathetic belches. <laughs> it's, it's an important part of my, my character. I, I just want you to know that. Going the, the sympathetic belches? I got you. Uh, we are rolling, by the way, so maybe I'll keep that bit in. Yeah, no, I think we have a new show title, Sympathetic okay. Belches. Sympathetic Belches. Right, well, let's go ahead and use that as the title because uh, I'm starting to feel a bit weird about our, our, our kind of our gray our, our great titles brown, remember it's brown hat seo oh, brown hat seo yes okay so back to real titles now and uh i would definitely want to start out a, a huge huge shout out to our our boy david teeter who was mm-hmm. in a hit and run accident in uh san francisco last night yeah didn't look good no and his girlfriend might have a broken leg it's not not good they were on polk street in san francisco and hit and run just walking yeah. and because they're i mean they're prolific walkers, so it's it's a real <laughs> bummer. I'm, I'm going to send some flowers, or actually, yeah, uh, bourbon is probably more appreciated. Uh, hope you guys are okay. Uh, we'll we'll keep in touch and follow up with you guys. So absolutely, it's just I mean that's one of the things about San Francisco walking is there's just idiots out there. Hey, I live in Venice. Yeah, yeah, you know it too. I know it too. So be careful when you're using your moves apps out there, people. Or stop texting and driving, which is. Or, you know, don't have a Prius. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder what kind of car they got hit by. Uh, <laughs> I need to talk to them for sure. So our thoughts are with you. So get with yes. us soon, goddammit. Definitely. So uh, the Oyster thing we talked about last time. I got yes. in. I got in. Uh, I, I got my invite as well. Uh, I, I bought it. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using it. I am not. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's interesting because they say they have over a hundred thousand titles, but I could only find like five hundred. Their interface right. is not good for for discovery at this point. I, well, the first thing is they make you pick five books before you can even get in. Yeah, I, I got that far in the sign up process, and then I was like, I'm not really digging where they're going with this. And it was really hard because most of the books kind of sucked. Yeah, I saw a lot of things that I'd already read, or things that I had absolutely no interest in reading whatsoever. Yeah, um, and there was there was actually a lot of uh, what, what really surprised me is uh, open uh, open copyright books. You know, old stuff, very old. Yeah, stuff. it was super easy stuff for them to go out and grab just to to build up their database when yeah. launching. So, Project Gutenberg basically is what they did. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you don't know what Project Gutenberg is, look it up because there's tons and tons of free books that you should have read in junior high that you probably didn't. <laughs> so the the interface is is. Just the reading interface is bothering me a bunch because it's one of those ones where you have to you um, you scroll up, not sideways. Oh God! You know, like now I'm I'm used to EPUB and Mobi and all that stuff with Kindle and the iBooks reader. Yeah, you mm-hmm. swipe from right to left to as if it were a book. Page. Yes. Yes. This is no. <laughs> you got to scroll up, and it's. Since it is iPhone only at this point, I mean, it looks kind of okay on the my iPad Mini. If you two exit and the the text still stays pretty nice, um, but it, that that scrolling up thing is just obnoxious. And it, but the the nice thing is, it does give you in the sidebar it gives you a percentage of where you're at on the mm-hmm. book, and in the chapters, it tells you how many pages left you have till the end of the chapter. Well, that's kind of nice. Yeah, the, we'll we'll talk about the book that I'm reading in in the other segment. But it, this book that it has it it's I don't, I don't it's <laughs> kind of like a bunch of blog posts that are compiled into a book, so they're very short. 
Mm-hmm. So there's about 200 chapters in this book. <laughs> so it, I get, get, get through the chapters pretty fast. So it's kind of nice to see if it's like long or short. I'm guessing it'll be better for different books. Right. But yeah. yeah, I guess uh, I mean I haven't I, I didn't get that far in the sign up process, and I ultimately decided not to do it, but more for philosophical reasons than than anything else. I mean, I do I'm bothered by the fact that it's only an iPhone version, not an iPad version. I mean, obviously you can do what you do, which is the two times and all that, but uh, I just I, I don't like that. But I, I also just having kind of somewhat unwillingly participated in the decline and fall of the recording industry, I see this as as a similar thing for the already on the ropes publishing industry and i just can't until i actually see how they're handling royalties and how people are being paid which there's nothing online about yeah, uh, yeah I, they, I i can't i won't sign up i i want to know how people are getting paid how how writers are getting paid how publishing houses are getting paid uh unless that happens i won't sign up okay now here's a question for you you you're mm-hmm. a netflix subscriber um no i'm not actually I, I was for a long time and then i quit okay but did you quit on philosophical reasons or did you quit just because there was nothing left to watch a little bit of both okay yeah you know i have the same i i, I don't like the the lack of transparency involved in all these subscription services okay that's so fair point that's and I, i'm putting my i'm putting my money where my mouth is or not putting money where other people's mouths are until i know what's happening Okay, well, um, I don't know anybody who's on the, was it Random House? Uh, Hooten Mifflin Harcourt. (laughs) I remember them from my high school textbooks. Right. Hooten Mifflin. Hooten. 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 Uh, HarperCollins. Oh, HarperCollins is on there. I think I might know some authors on HarperCollins. I can shout shout out to them and say, see if. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. I mean, I'm also, I think I might write an email to the Oyster guys and see if they'd want to come on and talk about it because I'd be, uh, you know, this is a prime podcast for them. <laughs> but uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, I just, I'd, I want to know what's going on financially with this stuff, if they even know. So, so, I mean, obviously right now at this point, it's like mostly Gutenberg stuff, so they don't have to pay anyone, but... <laughs> Pretty pretty early days, um, yeah. but like I said, the the interface annoys me. The oh, this is the one thing that really pissed me off. It's it's supposed to be very social, so people know what you're reading. You can get your friends and all that crap. You know all the built in social bullshit that yeah, everybody's which, trying to bake in. But it's on by default. Everything yeah, is public. That, that's messed up. You should uh, it should be off by default. Absolutely. Every uh, it's, oh, Jesus, it drives me nuts when I found that out. Yeah, and I was reading what you wrote about it, and it seems like it's quite a convoluted process to actually switch anything off. Yeah, it's you have to go in, and, and it's on a book-by-book basis. And I've already got the book in my library, so does it already, you know... So if I get a bunch of books and I have them on the back burner, can people just go look and see what's in my bookshelf? And is it, are the books there that I don't want people to know that I'm reading? I mean, granted, I'm not reading anything on there because there's nothing there to read yet. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, like one day, who knows, maybe I'll read Fifty Shades of Grey, but I wouldn't tell anybody about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we were bitching about how, like, the Kindle app didn't really have the social stuff kind of sorted out. And and they're kind of working their way there. But these guys just went the exact opposite direction. Yeah, complete other end of the Way spectrum. too much. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's bullshit. It really is bullshit. So, just yeah, I agree. I know that going in. All you developers out there, privacy by default, share by choice. Thank you. <laughs> oh, speaking of sharing, man, this Facebook thing is still – it's driving me nutty. When I make a post now, I can see like the reach. Mm-hmm. The reach is not as many friends or followers as I have. And I have to pay Facebook now to boost a post, it, which is extortion. 
Oh, that's been going on for over a year now, Jason. <laughs> well, uh, now that I am looking at numbers and have things to promote, right. I, I actually pay attention to it. So, I, yeah. yeah, I may be a little behind the curve here, but Jesus Christ, that's that that is it's just flat out extortion. Period. Oh, well, well over about a year ago, they they switched the algorithm them on that. I mean, I run a bunch of, uh, of client Facebook business pages and yeah, if, if you make a post now, you're lucky to get maybe, maybe 10% of the people that are actively following you yeah. unless you pay. So it's, as I've mentioned to a bunch of my clients, you know, this whole concept of you don't need your own website anymore. You can use all these free services. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, Facebook pretty much made itself completely irrelevant to, to ban or to any brand really, but specifically for me bands, you're, people just are not seeing your updates anymore yeah i mean it on twitter everybody just ignores them and here well and twitter just gets lost in the feed too it just goes by so fast depending on how many people you follow but yeah on facebook no you can you can scroll through your entire timeline and you'll not see a bunch of things that you liked yeah i mean it it does come back to the news versus most recent debacle Mm -hmm. it's they were there picking and choosing for you that goes back to like i think episode one jesus when i was talking about you know the algorithmically sorted stuff but yeah. it's like, man, even if I go to most recent, I, I'm missing stuff because, Jesus, I missed the thing about Teeter. You had to tell me about it today because it didn't show up in my damn timeline. Yeah, it's not just. So I just uh, had a massive system crash. I think my desktop just bit it. That sounds like I think it might be the power supply. So, ooh, I think maybe Mark Zuckerberg was listening to us bag on Facebook and he sent in his minions. Zuckerberg. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I don't know. So it's dead. I'm just going to let it sit for a while because sometimes these things have a habit of like in two hours, if I plug it back in, it'll just boot up normally. Who knows? In the meantime, uh, pro tip number one, never keep important documents on your actual drives in your computers anymore. I have everything saved on an external drive that's connected so I can actually still access absolutely everything I would need for work or personal items. Oh, good. Good call. Uh, Do you back up the external drive <laughs> i do i do i back up the external drive regularly usually i try to remember before i travel or uh it's actually one of those um dual drive things too so it, like there's two drives in there and they best supposedly mirror each other so you always have a backup okay so well sorry to hear about your pc mm. it's okay it might be that push to get me over to the mac but i doubt it <laughs> well we can only hope we can yes. only hope so uh apologies if the audio quality on this flip-flops a little bit because i fortunately saved the first portion of the show <laughs> and his is melted so we'll, yes. we'll all apologies there we'll figure uh, it out so technology problems continue to plague the grumpy old geeks this week no nah, no doubt no doubt about that oh that was one other thing i wanted to mention oh i got my iphone Woo-hoo! Oh, you, you stood in <laughs> line like a like an idiot no i didn't stand in line like an idiot I stood in line like a smart person <laughs> i got okay. i got there uh Shit, what did I get there? About uh, half an hour before the store opened. So I got there at 7.30, mm-hmm. which isn't very long. No. Um, by the time I got into the store, it was 8.30. Okay. Not bad, right? Walk out of there, 8.38, I think. So Okay, not bad, but let's also mention, uh, where were you? In Bo Punk, Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> It might be a little bit of a of an important point there because I, I you know the news reports for the lines in L.A., New York, et cetera, were uh, kind of frightening. Yeah, no, this was. I think that it, here's the the great part about this one. Um, I got there, like I said, a half hour before, and they come through with the book of stickers and the little cards. I actually posted mm-hmm. a picture on on Instagram of my card. Um, 
they ask you what you want and they flip through their book and they see if they have any more and they yeah. put the sticker on it and they hand you the card and then you when you go in you just hand them the card and you know Bob's your uncle You're good oh yeah I got the I got the single last uh, 32 gig because I wouldn't go anywhere more than a 32 gig I would have preferred a 64 but 64s were just gone like 10 seconds so yeah. I got I got the last gray 32 gig AT&T phone and everybody behind me they're like all we got left is 16 and the line disappeared <laughs> <The> 16 <laughs> And the funny part was, is uh, it, I mean, the door was open for three minutes, and they walked out and said, "We've got no white, we've got no champagne, we've just got gray. That's it." So their stock was ridiculously low, and not a single person that was there bought right. uh, five C. Nobody cared about the color; they were just there for the S's. Because you, fig- you figured the five C people could pre-order if they wanted to, but um, yeah. And it was funny because when you looked at the box for the five S on the, because they had them all on the counter behind the. Mm-hmm. You know, behind the checkout, yeah. You know, the five C comes in the standard iPhone box, which is you know, big and thick and really hard to open. It took me five minutes to get the damn thing. Five um, Cs were wrapped like cheap iPods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were like in a little case. It just looked like a disposable. You know, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, but man, I love this phone. I love this phone. Well, I think yeah, we have but a lot we you know about, I, about I mentioned last time, so this is part of our so uh, we'll follow get into up that a little bit later in the podcast follow up. And damn, the camera is nice on this thing. It is so nice. Follow up. It's. Uh, I did. I went to the racetrack later in the day and took some. Uh, that is what Some I horse racing uh, finish line uh, slow motion photography or slow motion movie stuff. And man, cool. It's really cool. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. I'm still happy with my five, so no need for me to update. I'm coming from a 4S. That's so true. This yeah. is like this is space age for me, and, and I and I think I'm going to stay on the S schedule because you know I don't have any of the problems of the first gen phone. Everything's sorted out by the second, and everybody that has the first gen, like the fours mm-hmm. or the fives, are all like, "Damn, I can't upgrade." I'm like, "Yeah, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to stay on that. That's S probably cycle. smart, but uh, I'm a little screwed for that unless I wait super long for the 6S. So, mm. or, or pay, pay a bunch of money, money, but not too into that. I was wondering, um, like they now they have those family plans, so I'm thinking maybe I'll just always have two phones going forward and then just you know rotate. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah, because you can still get the subsidized price for the second phone in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I think that might work out. I do think that might work out. And contrary to popular belief and all the crap people were saying on the uh, on the internets, um, I have unlimited data on my 5s. I got grandfathered in with my unlimited data plan That's for 30 amazing. bucks a month. Uh, Verizon did not let us do that. So, good. Yep. And I, I mean, granted, if I, if I get tethering, then I'm screwed. Then it right. jumps down to two gig. But forget that. I'm just going to keep it like, like this because the LTE is so damn fast. I just yeah. do everything on the phone. But, man, That's, yeah, I was amazed that I still yeah, got Yeah, hold on to that as long as you can. That's pretty amazing. Well, considering I got it with my <laughs> iPhone 1. I've I've been keeping on with it awesome. for quite some time. Cool, man. Well, I'm sorry about it's your okay. computer. We'll see what happens so. with that later. I'm sure there'll be a follow up next week. Well, hopefully there will be a follow up from your <laughs> shiny Mac that you have decided to always use from now uh-huh. going we'll forward. In the news.
So this has been going around. Uh, it's not really news, but it's kind of one of those little viral things is the Louis C.K. bit on Conan about cell phones. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this goes back to uh, what we just talked about with uh, Dr. Teeter and uh, his girlfriend getting hit by a car. Yes. So I, I, I would bet that somebody was texting and uh, driving. But, man, this video is a beautiful sentiment on how we've lost interpersonal communications and how it's screwing up people by not looking at looking in the eyes and being empathetic. And it, it, it's funny as hell, too, because I love Louie. But it is pretty funny. Actually, the, I, I totally agree with, with all those points. But the one that really stood out for me is the, the idea that nobody is ever alone anymore and See, how the, important it can be to be alone. Uh, and I think the, the, my takeaway from it was uh, you have to experience sadness to feel happiness. <laughs> you know, there's the, yeah. the yin and the yang. There's the push and the pull. Yeah. And, and it's true. Constantly getting those endorphins shot into you because you got that new text or people are responding to you or you got some likes on your Facebook status. You don't really have the time to get that emptiness. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm alone all the damn time. So that part didn't <laughs> – I got no problem with that. Well, no, no. I mean, I think he, he his point being there's there's being alone and then there's, there's even just the, you know, you're getting a text message or you're connected on social networks, which isn't real interpersonal communications, but it's still – it's not alone. You're not like just completely like cut off and and there's no input and it's just you sitting with your feelings and your sadness. Well, I've I've spent the last three and a half days sitting alone with my sadness because we had no Internet or television. (laughs) So you should be well-rounded and be able to enjoy true happiness right now, Jason. I am so happy. I'm like I'm like glowing. I'm like the Buddha right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you who isn't experiencing happiness. Blackberry. Nice segue. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blackberry is finally officially dead. Uh, they're cutting 40% of their workforce. Um, they've also, I just saw a news article right before we started to record that apparently for whatever reason they were planning on pushing out their BBM on iOS and that's been pushed back now and it's not going to happen. Not that anybody gave a shit anyways. Um, they're done. They're dead. They're over. It kind of sucks because uh, uh, certainly they they... They were a big deal for Canada. The entire city of Waterloo was basically employed by them, so that's a lot of people in the unemployment oh, lines. That sucks. And, yeah, so it's it's a bit of a drag, but uh, I mean, BlackBerry really has nobody to blame but themselves. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was I, a I, huge I had, fan. I, had, I was a huge fan of BlackBerry a long time ago before I got my iPhone and realized that this is what a phone should actually be. So. Yeah, I had, I had one BlackBerry, and I really liked it um, back in the days of the physical keyboard. It was decent. Um, I wasn't, like, over the moon about it. I, right. like, I, I dumped mine and got a Motorola Razor, which was way better, for, I thought, because it was yeah. more Star Trek-y. Uh, I would read this article right now, but I can't because I've reached the limit of 10 free articles a month on the New York Times. Wow, I have yeah. to pay them now to, to continue reading. Well, I wonder if yeah. they understand how the DOM works and this really stupid uh, thing that they've done is basically just a CSS trick that covers up the article that I could end around in about 10 seconds being in the uh, inspector. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, a lot of people don't get that sort of stuff. That actually reminds me, um, I God, this was probably about 10 years ago now, um, I got a, a ticket a driving ticket. I, can't, I don't even remember what it was for or whatever, but I had to uh, 
you know, you have to do the go to the DMV and take the class, except at that point in time, they offered online classes. And uh, what they didn't realize is that, you know, they, they basically put a simple timer on every page. So you would have to sit there for so long. Um, I would just save off the page, go walk off, go do whatever, come back save off the next page, go about my day, come back, save off the next page. And then you get the quiz at the end. And I just look through the source to get the answers. Nice. Nicely yeah, done. Cake. I'm sure they haven't updated that. So uh, anybody that has to do the uh, DMV class, do the online one. If you're reasonably tech savvy, it'll take you about, you know, five minutes spread out throughout the day. Yeah. And view source, always yep. view source, always view source. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's a bummer about Blackberry, but it was coming. It yeah, was coming. it was coming. It's, it's, I, I'm not really bummed out about BlackBerry per se. I'm just bummed out about the uh, yet another big uh, tech company that employed a lot of people is going out as opposed to all these small startups that employ three or four people, make a couple million bucks, and then get out. So, Yeah, I mean, this, this is, these are apples and oranges. Though. I mean, this is big business versus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I, got well. My, I, I don't care. I got my iPhone. <laughs> it's time in the balls. One of my favorite people in the world is diving into crowdfunding, and it it it, it excites me and saddens me at the same time. I had much the same reaction. This would be uh, the movie Director's Cut by Penn Jillette and Adam Rifkin. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a million dollars to yes. do his movie. And it's interesting because he, they put out a, a four-minute trailer talking about the project and doing a little bit of, uh, you know, song and dance about the movie and what it's going to be and um he says that you know he just he doesn't have that kind of money which i find very interesting because they're looking for a million dollars yeah and i can't imagine he doesn't have that kind of money considering he's been a staple on the vegas strip for how many years now forever yeah forever and it's interesting they're they're but they're going for nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred and seventy two (laughs) dollars okay that's well that's very pen yes i'm sure there's some significance to it but they've only raised two hundred and seventy thousand dollars so far well only but they've raised 270 42 days to go and uh they've got it's one of those things where it just drives me nuts they've got so many uh uh, what do you call them? Add-ons, promotions, giveaways, goodies, incentives. That's the word. That's the word you're looking for. Yeah, I'm looking. For yeah, it's it's all the same kind of general stuff. He'll record an answering machine message for you. Uh, private red card screenings. Uh, you know, VIP Penn and Teller weekends. Be a guest star on his podcast for a thousand dollars. No, yeah, that'd be fun. I know some of them are kind of some of them are actually kind of cool. The five the, the for the five hundred thirty five dollars you get the VIP Penn and Teller weekend, mm-hmm. which actually is not bad when you think about it because they put you up in the rooms you get tickets to the show you get to hang out yeah that's actually not bad i would if i had 535 bucks to blow i would actually do that one now just as a just as just to hang out with Penn and the 1100 bucks to be on uh, on his podcast that'd be fun too it would be fun. i don't know if he gets any traffic but it'd be fun <laughs> yeah it'd be fun i mean i'm i'm torn i he did a big interview where he talked about how he you know he tried to go through the studio system but no studio will touch him and, and fund him to make a movie i totally get that um i'd always said that you know i get people going to Kickstarter with their own crazy projects that, that nobody else would ever possibly fund. The thing is, you know, I'm looking at his $3,500 incentive, which is the private hot tub party and tour of the Slammer. Um, that Slammer, that, that house that he built, which is so over the top and crazy, that thing costs well over a couple million bucks. So you don't have a million to fund your own movie still? I don't well, know. Rich people don't pay for things themselves. That's well, why they stay rich. <laughs> that and that is my problem with the Kickstarter. It's it's rich people who don't want to put their own money where their mouth is about their own projects. So, 
again, yeah. still still no profit sharing incentives, which is what you should be getting if you're funding something. That's um, still a re- that's still a regulatory and legal issue. Yeah, you know, you know, for the eleven thousand dollars, you could be the executive producer of the director's cut. But uh, from what I remember, executive producers get points. That they do. Just, that they do. I'm just saying. Well, and here's the thing. And, and also, you can be in the movie. So do you have to, like, get a SAG card yeah, to do that? You, do you have to be, like, you know, get scale? You should. That type of thing? You should. Yeah, you have to be a member of the u- union if you're in the movie. So I don't get how that works either. So, Wait, But that only goes for speaking roles, right? Oh, I suppose so. If you're a corpse, you're dead. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Do grunts and groans if you're a zombie count? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, probably not because then The Walking Dead would probably never have gotten made. Um, Good point. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a huge fan of Penn. I think he's a smart guy. I thought he got robbed on Celebrity Apprentice just because he came out against Donald Trump and Donald Trump's a prick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I I don't know. Like I said, I'm on the fence because some of these incentives are just so they'd be really fun <laughs> to go hang out with Penn. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Penn. Um, I'm not really into the concept of the movie, uh, so I wouldn't fund this anyways. Um, I love I love Penn. I love Bullshit was one of my favorite TV shows. His podcast is fun. I like his books. Uh, he's a smart, smart, smart motherfucker. Um, he's very smart, so. but... But I, uh, yeah. I'm not really into the fiction idea uh, that, that he's pushing. I'm not into the movie, so I would never fund this. And I still have the ongoing issues that I have about all celebrities who have a lot of money doing this. But he's yeah, smart, that's, that's and it's a, the smart way to do it. <laughs> yeah, at its core, it is what it is. It's a celebrity panhandling, you know? So, yeah. sorry, Penn. No, yeah. no go. And, uh, speaking of one of our other semi-celebrities that, that we did both fund panhandling yes uh, zane lamprey <laughs> is has got his uh show up and running he's shot a few episodes already um i've watched some of the behind the scenes clips um uh, seems very I, funny yes as have as have i yeah and um, uh did you get you got the note this morning or yesterday i take it saying that uh oh yeah we're still working on all those incentives your t-shirt will be there sometime yeah i did get that kind of. I, I had a good chuckle I, it's what you expect it's kickstarter again it's 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 leaping in before you have things in place it's the fact that that to him and his small staff that he's put together to kind of shoehorn this and and get this thing done they've never dealt with putting you know they've never dealt with merchandise before and delivery and and you know doing the research and vetting the different merch companies and and knowing how to produce t-shirts and all the things that would be in place if this were a real project as opposed to a Kickstarter. Uh, delivery issues, uh, inventory issues, quality control issues, all of these things happen because all these people who are doing Kickstarter have no idea what they're doing except for the base thing that they were trying to do. And as we discovered, not even always with that. <laughs> people put up projects they don't even yeah. know how to do. So, uh, you know, I, I like Zane. The show looks like it's going to be pretty funny. Um, I'm bummed that I still don't have my T-shirt, but I never really expected it. I actually would be surprised if it ever shows up. So, I expect my T-shirt, and I want my damn T-shirt, oh. and I demand my goddamn T-shirt. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. We paid for it. That was the incentive, right? Yeah, and and to Zane's defense, I I have bought merch from him before mm. from from the old Three Sheets store. I had my uh, Pleplius hoodie for many many years. I finally threw it away because it was just. It was getting embarrassing, but he, they had uh, shipping issues because they were very particular about quality. So it, this at least – the fact that they've gone back and are dealing with quality issues makes me happy, but it's still stupid. They should have known this shit from making T-shirts before. Come on, guys. Yeah. 
I agree. And I had the Pleepus shirt, too. And it was very high quality. The hat, not so much. That was a piece of crap. So I had the hoodie. I had the hoodie. Nice. That was, I loved my hoodie. <laughs> uh, so that's it. I got no more uh, craziness on Kickstarter this week. Just yeah, nothing crazy fun. Just more uh, more uh, iPhone cases. Lots of iPhone cases. Lots of iPhone cases <laughs> out there. That's true. Yeah, stop making iPhone cases on Kickstarter, people, please. Thank you. No, seriously? Are you shitting me? My mom is looking to get a new TV, right? Okay. She was she was doing some pricing. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the, you know, the Amazon and then she goes to the big box stores like, you know, Walmart and uh, Costco and whoever else is at Best Buy, whatever, just to get pricing. Yeah. Took her 25 minutes to get one price from one <laughs> store. Everybody wants you to log in and put it in your cart yeah. and you have to get to the last stage of checkout before they tell you how much it is. This is some of the most unfriendly and combative user experience stuff I've ever seen. I haven't, I, I've never experienced it because I don't buy TVs online, but yeah. now that I get, I get to, I get to, you know, be a fly on the wall while she was doing this process. Yeah. And I was, I was flabbergasted. I'm like, how nobody's going to sell a TV online with this kind of, you know, just bullshit UX. Well, it's, it, there's, there's a method for their madness or certainly a reason, especially for the more high ticket items. I mean, there's, these are big market, big markup items for them. They're, they're making a lot of money off them. Um, and we talked about this a little bit with, with Amazon and, and Oyster a couple of weeks back, I think. Amazon has the best bot in the world that just goes out and grabs prices so that they are always slightly undercutting the best price out there. And that's why these sites are doing this sort of stuff. They're obs- obfuscating. Obfuscating? Yeah, that. Uh, the prices as much as possible so that bots can't go out there. And uh, so, th- uh, you know, the competitor site doesn't beat you by a buck fifty. You know, and that's the funny thing because that's exactly what I told her. I'm like, <laughs> there, it's it's a bot reduction uh, methodology, but, but you know, a good bot writer can just create a create a, another bot. But yeah, yeah, it's terrible yeah. for the consumer because what she ended up doing was just saying, no, I'm not going to shop at any site that's going to require her to register, create an yeah. create an account mm-hmm. to just get a price. Yeah, to just get a you price. Know? It's ridiculous. I mean. It, uh, it, we, it's bot wars to begin with, but certainly, like I used to use, a, was it CNET.com back in the day that had their buyer's guide, and then they would pull in the top like twenty prices from reputable online sellers, and I would just buy from the one that had the cheapest price. Yeah, I, I, it was CNET, CNET. So you're thinking yeah. of, and uh, I would never go for exactly the cheapest price. I would go for a mix of cheapest price and highest rating, like find a find a middle sweet spot. Yeah, I agree. And you know, you read the reviews on shipping and how long it takes them to get stuff to you, and whether it shows up. Yeah, that's or not. It's, but, yeah, it's, that's minutia. But the fact that these people are these companies are doing this right now is just shooting themselves in the face. I mean, she would have bought a TV from Walmart.com if they would have given her a price. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, and now she's going to go down to the street and go to Best Buy. Yeah. But it's uh, not going to go to Walmart. This isn't just a, a big box store policy, though. I mean, all those sites that we've been talking about recently, those curated sites that we like, uh, you know, where we got like the uh, the charger sticks from or, you know, fab.com and all those, they don't even let you browse the site unless you sign up for an account with them. Yeah. And uh, that's it's just stupid. I mean, it's it's getting greedy. Basically, they want your email address so they can upsell you and resell you and put you on the newsletter and sell your name. It's and they don't even realize that, like, the statistics on mailing lists are just it's nobody reads your mailings ever. They they, that is absolutely untrue. Well, most of them go into junk folders. 
well, with the big change from Gmail going to their their tab system, there have been there's been a huge decline in open rates. But email lists are a huge money maker for just about everybody who runs one. Right. So I'm surprised you know, by don't, that. I was surprised too, and then I did some more research into it, and it's still a major driver of commerce, big time, because it, it drives awareness. Yeah. I, I I mean, I still when I get emails, and most of the time I'll just swipe them off and throw them away, but you know. A lot of times I'll just pick something up and I'm bored and I'm like, oh, I'll see what they got to sell and take a look at the site. I'll end up, yeah, I'll end up diving in and it usually won't be the thing that they sell, sent me, but I might see something new and buy something. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a marketing vector that is very well, <laughs> um, very well monetized by these people. Yeah. So. Well, it must work because every site is starting to go that way. So you got to sign up first and then you can actually see what they got and or at least the prices. Yeah, I, I, I will not be doing that. But I, I just want them to stop. This was ne- it's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not. No, it's not. You're supposed to have a website. You're supposed to browse it. It's not these little private clubs and all these little walled gardens of bullshit. Stop it. <laughs> good luck with that. I, I'd say maybe that's a new title, Walled Gardens of Bullshit. Oh, that's a good title, actually. I like that. I don't know if it'll get past the iTunes censors. Damn it. iTunes and their stupid walled garden of bullshit. Oh, meta. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. I uh, just uh, what I don't know Tuesday it came out installed iOS seven on uh, on my phone and my two iPads. Uh, I waited for the supposed final release, um, and it is the final release. But my first thought is: is this final? Hmm. Not really. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Work in um, progress. It's definitely a work in progress. Uh, Jobs is probably spinning in his grave right now because there's no way he would have let this out the way it is. I don't know. I think. I mean, I like it. I, I've been working with it for months. Trust me. If you go find another iPhone that has the old OS on it after right. about a week of using seven, you'll be like, "Ew." <laughs> it's, trust me. Trust it's me. Definitely, it's faster. I like a lot of the improvements they made in terms of. Uh, I love the upswipe for the control panel. The control panel is fantastic, um, mm-hmm. but but it's so ugly. It's, it's not. That's I, the thing. It's, not, I, I it's think minimalist. It's, ugh, it's gray and boring, and then everything else is pastel and cutesy. Ugh. Which parts are gray and boring? Control panel. About? Swipe up. Yeah, you know what? It's it's adaptive to whatever your background is. Oh, is that all what we're, the, is that what we're calling gray panels. and boring now? Adaptive? Well, what's what's your background <laughs> color? Black? No, I'm using one of those stupid uh, animated ones. Because I just figured, let's see what that's like. And it's all nice and pretty for about 10 seconds, and then it's just stupid. Yeah. No, it, it's translucent, <laughs> so it, it takes on the characteristics of what's behind it. Mm. So, I don't know. It, to me, I, I, don't like, I don't like the look. I don't like the aesthetic. I'm not a fan. I like the old one better. This feels, uh, feels like a toy to me now. But it runs a lot better. I will give you that. It is exactly. more powerful. It is faster. Uh, I just think that the uh, the UI people and the graphics designers need to be taken out and shot. Yeah, I thought that. Like I said, for the first week, and then after the week was up, I was just like, I'm in. Well, it's, it's like it's, it's like what we all do every time Facebook rolls out a change. We all bitch about it for a month, and then we're just used to it. So. I just gave up on bitching about Facebook. Oh wait, no, I already did that on this episode. <laughs> yeah, I was about oh. to say that did ah. happen, and that uh. you know that comes to my other frustration, which is, I mean, at least people are staying employed. We have a lot of UI designers that are staying employed because as the updates are now rolling out for all the apps, everybody's just moving buttons for no reason. Well, no, they're they're switching to basic UI kit. You know, it's UI UI kit 
changes to make it iOS 7 compatible. So everything looks the same. And I'm happy they're doing it <laughs> because I don't like the old keyboards anymore. I like the new keyboards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I can't I, I'm I don't know what everybody's pissed off about. Right. I love the new updates. I've been waiting for the updates for months because I've had this OS for months and nobody could release the updates. Now the updates are here and I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, maybe I just need to get used to it. I still just, I don't care much for the visuals on it. Uh, it is running better. Um, almost every app that I have is faster, quicker, stronger. Um, definitely. Exactly. So. It, there, it's six million dollar man of os upgrades so mm-hmm. what do you want okay so tell me about uh, why <laughs> tell me about why i should be scared about installing 7.01 oh my god yeah i did the 701 update i'm hang on, i'm trying to find the app that i want to pimp here um I, the 701 update came out like that night that i got my phone and i'm like oh that was quick <laughs> so i i did the update and as soon as it it came back up it, it restarted to the whole nine yards and I'm, it came back up and it's like gives you the hello screen from a brand new phone right <laughs> which is i've never had an os update like an over-the-air update that has basically reverted the phone to willkommen you know <laughs> bienvenido or whatever and asked you to input your your i um your iCloud username, your yeah. basically your iTunes account again. Pick a Wi-Fi network, and by the third screen, I'm like, just I'm like, did oh I lose God. it? Oh all? My God. Did I? Is it gone? <laughs> and then it just went in as normal. Okay. Uh, but well, that's, man, that's good that to was know, actually, That would have freaked me out too. So I'll probably do the update later. <laughs> yeah, when you do the 701 update, I haven't. It hasn't come from my iPad yet, so which is interesting. Hmm. Um, so yeah, and my my 4S is on its way to Gazelle right now. So I, I oh, you gazelled it. it. I gazelled it. I gazelled that in an old. Uh, I had a really nice iPod Touch that was one gen out of the the loop for the uh, iOS seven update. Mm-hmm. So it, if it if it can't run iOS seven, it's not worth anything to me anymore because that was a test device. Oh, I've still so got the, it, I've still got one of those sitting around. I should probably put that in. Although I checked uh, when I was getting rid of a previous phone, I checked Gazelle and then I checked Amazon's buyback program. And as long as you actually take Amazon, uh, an Amazon basically gift certificate instead of cash, they give you a really good deal. And since I buy so much stuff off Amazon, I just went with that. It was a yeah, lot. I it need- was a lot better pricing than Gazelle was giving. Yeah, I, I got 187 for my 4s, and I got 80 bucks for the um, the iPod Touch. Oh, cool. So that's that's you know that's a hotel night and some gas money for my trip across the country so i'm I'm down with it Very it's cool. easier than having to go to i mean i know friends that do craigslist and they spend you know a, a couple days on there and they'll make twice as much i just don't have the time my time <laughs> my time is limited right now because my location is fluid <laughs> <laughs> that's just true so getting back to ios 7 and, and my disdain for the design and and somebody actually did mention to me i didn't expect i'd have a windows 8 phone even anyways which is kind of how some of it feels um, I, I think you mentioned this when you installed the previous uh, or one of the early adopter updates. Um, why, 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 why do we switch the direction of swiping for delete? I think it's more natural. I mean, if you're a righty, it's more natural. Or, or it's, it's, if you haven't been doing it one way for seven years now. <laughs> well, here, it, 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 here's the one thing that's that's killing me. The um, I have the fingerprint updater thing now. The mm-hmm. You know, the fingerprint scanner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still swipe and type in my code because it's it's habit. <laughs> it's it, it's definitely habit. Yeah. The the swipe left thing will that takes two weeks and then you'll never think about it again. It'll be natural. And I mean, granted, I also don't use their 
uh, built in on the Mac thing, the the inverted mouse scrolling. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I flip it back to the old school way because that's the way scrolling should work. So <laughs> I see where people will get a little hung up on on these changes. But yeah. ever since ever since then, it's it's just become natural. You'll well, get used to it. Thankfully, our brains still adapt because we're not completely old yet. But it's just the minor, small annoyances that I've just uh, been going crazy about. And I actually do have one other question since since I've kind of felt like this was feeling almost Windows eight anyways, and I was thinking about. Uh, you know, other kind of mobile operating systems and tablets and whatnot, and, and kind of just how we use tablets. Is there any other reason other than Apple wants us to buy three or four iPads for a household that there aren't separate user accounts for iPads? You know, this has been going on since day one with the iPad, and everybody's <laughs> complained about it. Everybody wants it. Uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, that's just the nature of how a, a tablet is used. It's passed around. People, I, I certainly in my household, it gets passed around. And to not have that option, especially at this point when they spent obviously so much time on this on this iOS upgrade, is th- there's no other reason other than please buy five of our iPads. I, I think it comes down to RAM. I really do. Really? <laughs> I think it comes down to having enough memory to run multiple instances with apps running in one account versus another account you know i'm sure they could do something with paging and yeah and 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 be very be very clever about it but like the first ipad came out it had almost no ram in the damn thing and they're getting better now but yeah i mean i think it's the limitations of the device that that dictate that i mean everybody wants a damn user account because i want to hand my ipad to other people but i want them to be able to just with one click go into my check my email you know or see see my bookmarks or whatever yeah, exactly. It's, it's privacy. You know? Yep. Ba- basic human privacy. <sighs> that doesn't exist anymore. We know that. No. <laughs> so I do have one app that I wanted to talk about last week, which is, well, I've, I've been doing this crazy test with all of the iPad writing apps because I'm trying to get back into writing. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought the iPad was going to be the thing for me to write more. And it just hasn't been because I haven't found any apps that I really love to write right. in. Um. The ones that I have on here now, I've got this new one called Editorial. I've mm-hmm. got IA Writer, which is an old one. Um, Ohm Writer, which is very zen, with the, <laughs> with the worst keyboard in the world. Uh, drafts, which is not so much writing, but just doing quick text snippets. Um, Byword, which is an old staple in terminology. Terminology okay. turns out is my favorite. Okay. Um, they've got the best adapted keyboard. That's the thing. All of these, All of these players always have like updates to the keyboard to make it more useful mm-hmm. which is great because these are things that should be built into the the actual apple keyboard like being able to move your cursor with just a tap like end a word yeah. move character by character that kind of thing instead of having to press get that stupid uh magnifying glass it's like the worst U- ux on that thing so terminology has the best one because it's, it's basically made for writers it's the same guys that do drafts too so it's Two text editors, but different use cases. But for writing long form, I like terminology. Okay. Does this, it, it, you know, saved a Dropbox. All, the, all, the, all of them saved a Dropbox, have hooks. Editorial is a crazy one because it's got all these workflows. You can basically write Python scripts in the app. <laughs> it's, got a Python, it's got a Python interpreter. That's nice. I, I don't write Python, so I couldn't really care less. <laughs> and all of them... I don't know what this thing is with Markdown. Markdown is that meta language that John Gruber wrote way back in the day to make it easier to write HT, like basic HTML stuff. It's like meta markup. 
Yeah. And then and everybody, all of these text editors are just they got a hard on for Markdown. I couldn't give a shit about Markdown. I know how to write HTML. I <laughs> I use it the way I need it to work. Yeah. And I I just see Markdown as just being lazy. Honestly, I do. <laughs> HTML CSS, that's that's the lingua franca, so that's what I use. Exactly. I would like for every text app out there to have a pretend markdown doesn't exist button and take <laughs> away all of the crap, all of the, the, you know, the glitz, the glamour of whatever, whatever real estate that they've wasted on my screen for markdown that I'm never going to use. I just want a button to say, go the fuck away. Go That's away. It. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that said, I like terminology. It is definitely my favorite writing app. It's nice and clean they've updated now so i think they've updated i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they, they've everybody else has updated oh yeah that was the thing ohm writer doesn't let you split the keyboard okay okay if you're gonna make your own oh it's not terminology it's phraseology phraseology, yeah. phraseology. I, I am an idiot terminology is a um it, it's a sister app it's basically a really nice um dictionary that's all. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, yeah, they, they, these guys even have the markdown side. But um, no, they haven't updated yet. Uh, but they will. Ohmwriter has a, one of those custom keyboards that plays sounds. He's like, boo, 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 doo, doo, Oh, I can't stand that. With, with background noise, like, oh, you know, like. Yeah, I would throw my iPad and, through the window if I use that. Yeah, it's like Enyon Valium. Um, <laughs> but they won't let you split. If I can't split a keyboard... I can't use it because my my thumbs just don't reach. Well, they do reach, but after about a thousand words, the insides of your thumbs just get raw from reaching across. So I look I look at the long term aspect of of good writing and using it a long time. Yeah, yes. So (laughs) these people need to think of that stuff. So that's it. Phraseology, not terminology. My bad. Phraseology, not terminology. And Ohm, the perfect editor to match your candy iOS seven pretty colors <laughs> the library. so uh my book this week is the one that i got from oyster okay. called called this will make you smarter new scientific concepts to improve your thinking it's uh, a book which is like i said before a bunch of i think blog posts <laughs> right um from edge.org which is you know a place where really smart people hang out and talk about being smart i guess um and they had a theme and the theme was about how the scientific how science and scientific thinking can make everybody else in the world smarter so it's just it's little uh short diatribes on what scientific thinking should be uh for the common man i guess as it is i'm about 50 i'm about 15 percent into it and i'm smarter it, it it delivers. You <laughs> I mean, think? It, it really? completely delivers. It it's very well written. These little posts are very well written by you know you got Richard Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, I don't know if Brian Eno's a thinker. I haven't gotten to his yet. But most of these people are professors, uh, authors, I'm sure, scientists. I'm, I'm sure Brian Eno's is great. Everything he does is great. <laughs> Suck that <laughs> Brian Eno cock. Go for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. From everything that I've gotten to so far, I have not found one bad essay in the whole thing. And some of them are contradictory, which is great because you get to see, you know, you get to think about it. I really am enjoying this book so far. It's by John Brockman. It came out February uh, 2012. And so far, my $10 for Oyster is 
totally worth it. Totally worth it just for that. Yeah, and that's the nice thing about them not having books that I I don't know is I there's a little serendipity going on there. I am forced to pick a book that I would not normally read. Um which I kind of like. I think it's kind of kind of fun. So Yeah, I guess there's that going for it. Um I'm definitely going to read this book. I didn't know this was out there. I didn't even know what edge.org was until uh I had saw this. So very cool stuff. Um very interesting and I I like things that force me to think. So that's good. Yeah, this is this is definitely a, a uh, double thumbs up. If I had three, it would be three, but I've only got two. Security. Since we all have our nice shiny iOS seven updates now, um, Jason, you brought something to to light on Facebook, which I wasn't aware of, and I immediately uh, went and changed some settings. Uh, and there's a simple. Uh, ZDNet put out an article, four privacy settings you should enable in iOS 7 immediately. And unsurprisingly, of course, I've been screaming about this about Facebook for a long time. Anytime there's a rollout, they bury the most important things that are destroying your privacy way down in the settings. So there are some settings that you need to change right away in iOS 7. Uh, it's all about uh, their new location services and the way they're rolling out all this stuff that will basically track you absolutely everywhere you go. Send the information to Apple. Send the information to partners. Send the information to everybody. Okay. And on the four points that you should uh, – the settings that you should disable mm-hmm. or enable, um, yep. three of them are actually legacy settings. So the status bar icon for location services, mm-hmm. which lets you know if you're being actively tracked, passively yep. tracked, or not tracked – that's old. Uh, diagnostics and usage, which you should always turn off. That's been in for several revisions of iOS. Turn right. that off. Um, location-based iAds, same thing. Turn it mm-hmm. off. The, yep. new, the new one is the frequent locations feature, yes. which basically builds up a location profile for you for everywhere you go. So then they can, they can you know, send you send ads. You, send you better content. It's, it, what they're saying is that it's part of the Maps initiative to get Maps better. Right. Uh, I call BS on that. I just think they want to be able to sell you more lattes whenever you're by a Starbucks. Um, well, I also, I went into the, um, the, the app store on, on the phone, and they actually have an option in there now that says, find popular app applications used in your area. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought was it's weird. weird. <laughs> yeah, I really don't care. Location has nothing to do with I, I, I don't care app. what the douchebags around me use. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. It's going to be all Snapchat. I don't know. I, I haven't, I've never pressed it. I, I don't really care yeah. what people around me are using because I'm probably the – I'm, I'm going to sound like a douchebag here, but I'm probably the smartest person in my area. So anybody should can look at my apps and they'll know what to go look at. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in yeah. the backwards. What do you want? You know. So it's, have, just a, it's just a good little article that tells you how to shut off some stuff that you really don't want to have on. So read it. Do it right away. Be done with it. Don't give Apple even more information about you. Oh, that's the last one. Uh, limit ad tracking and reset your advertising identifier because they used everybody used to use UUID, which was the actual device ID that cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. And then they put in an advertising identifier in the phone. <laughs> uh, you can reset that so old old tracking sites will not track you anymore and just turn on limit ad tracking. All this yeah. stuff, we're, we'll link it in the show notes. So check it out. Yeah. Go do it. Yep. I agree. And uh, I also found another kind of simple primer. Uh, Lifehacker kind of put out a how to make your entire internet life more secure article. Uh, You know, we've been talking about this for ages. We know that you can't ever, ever be secure anyways. But 
these are good, simple things. And I know, you know, even if you look at the article and then you go through and read the comments, it's a bunch of smart people like us going, this, none of this matters or there's better ways to do this. This is a kind of a no brainer. If you're not going to do anything at all because you're so lazy or you don't get it, at least do these. They're pretty simple to implement. Uh, you know, it comes you know, e- encrypting your email, which a lot of people probably aren't going to do, but it's relatively easy. Chat conversations, uh, secure backups, file syncing, hiding your web traffic, just password manager, which everybody should be using. Simple stuff that that anybody can do that'll at least have a little bit of security in your life. And I'm telling you right now, we talked about this last time. Never surf the web or check your email from an admin account. I got yes. a I got a text this morning. From my friend's brother. Uh, he's like, I called Comcast this morning to fix my computer and they refunded my $129 uh, because they couldn't <laughs> do it. And he got hit with that, uh, the FBI lockout scam. Have you seen, wow. you, you know that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, basically, it's, it's ransomware. Um, and he, he was surfing from his admin account. So he can't just go in as another user, go in as admin and just kill that user account his machine is just hosed uh there there are ways to to fix it depending on the the variant of malware but he's right right now he's sitting there tearing his hair out trying to find a hacker up in uh, chico california good luck (laughs) good luck there uh who can fix his computer i'm like dude hope you had a backup yep pretty much so yeah it's just some simple steps everybody should read it Uh, even if you don't know what you're doing just give it a Give it a read. Implement something, anything. At least make an effort, people. Do something. Yeah. And if you really want to like get into the the deep dive and the bare bones stuff, check out Bruce Schneier's Cryptogram newsletter. It is <laughs> hands down the place to go for all of the really like nerdy nerdy stuff. Um, that's that's where I get it. I read yeah. it. I don't know if you read it, but uh, I do not. But uh, I will should. be reading it now. <laughs> Yeah, you haven't been the tinfoil, tinfoil hat kind of guy like I am. No, no. You, you get way more into it than I do. I, I have a certain uh, sense of just resignation about everything. So <laughs> there's only so far I'm going to go. And I figure, you know, at the end of the day, if I get screwed, I get screwed. And it's my own damn fault. And I'll take responsibility for it. So, Okay. Well, there you go. After just telling yeah. people to protect themselves, you just say, fuck it. Okay. Well, no, I, I do a lot of the basic ones, not as many as I should, and I'm trying to get better about that, too. But uh, the deep dive down stuff just starts to really creep me out. And makes, you know, and, and as we've talked about and kicked around all the time here, uh, how much does it really matter? They're going to get into your stuff. If, if somebody wants to get into your computer, they're getting into your computer. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's basic defense against hackers who are trying to steal your money. There's also yeah. defense against governments trying to, you know, <laughs> do other things as it were. Yeah. Those are two different, you know, attack profiles. So yeah. everybody should worry about the hackers trying to steal your money. When it comes to the government stuff, if you're doing bad stuff that the government is probably going to come after you for, you're probably <laughs> not listening to this podcast. <laughs> probably uh, honestly. not. No. But everybody that's listening to this show is a target for people who want to steal their money, period. Yeah. We all are. And just, you know, the basic protection stuff, go for that. It, but it, like the nerdy stuff definitely makes you want to grab the tinfoil and put a hat on. But it's, mm-hmm. it's also fun and interesting to watch because this is, you know, this is spy shit just playing out in front of us. This is amazingly interesting stuff. The fact that yeah. we, can, we can watch this happen and read about it and learn about it, I love it. It fascinates the hell out of me. That's why I love reading stuff on security it, because it's, it's, you know, it's an in, it's like chess. It's like watching these people play chess. 
<laughs> but with you know national security at stake. That, yeah, that pretty much. So it's it's you know John Grisham couldn't write half this shit. Although I don't like John Grisham novels because I don't think he's very good. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's an aside. <laughs> but yeah, the check out Bruce Schneier stuff if you're even remotely interested in it because it's it's really fun and he makes it accessible. He writes well. He does get he he does do some nerdy stuff, but you know he is he's a very accessible writer for basically everybody. I think. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Cool. You got one more. Oh, that one's mine. I thought that was yours. <laughs> well, if nobody hmm. wants, to, if nobody wants, we must have been hacked. We must have been hacked. Yeah, we'll skip that one. Okay, it wasn't that interesting anyway, people. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. Moving on. So I finally got actually a little bit excited about an album, which has has not happened to me in a very long time. Um, Avicii, which I don't even know if that's how it's pronounced, because I I used to be really super into the EDM scene, electronic dance music. I don't even think it's called EDM anymore. That's how long it's been since I've been soaking in it. Um, But he's got a new album out, and, and what I really like about what's happening here is we're starting to see a lot of kind of crossover um, EDM really going mainstream, uh, taking in other elements, uh, combining things around. Uh, Daft Punk did it in a way I don't like because I'm not a big disco fan, and that Daft Punk album was disco. Um, but this has got some cool crossovers with blues, acoustic guitar. Um, the big song that's kind of breaking out right now uh, is called, uh, what the hell is it called? I can't remember the title. It's not very good. I'll play it in the background. But it's got uh, it's got the guy who wrote uh, Man of Constant Sorrow from the great movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, singing um, some really good guitar mixed in with some electronica. It's a great track. It's it's pumping. It's interesting. Uh, there's another track on it that's kind of like Adele meets electronica. Uh, really good stuff. Good crossover. Um, I'm loving seeing what's happening with this stuff and how it's kind of hitting the mainstream and... Uh, I just like the whole album. Uh, a lot of the stuff is still really EDM, so people who like that, he didn't like go out and just do a full-on uh, crossover album. He's got some really great tracks. This is, this is a, he's a really good EDM guy anyways. He's been around for a while. Uh, really good stuff. Can't recommend it enough. Really loving listening to it. So. Cool. I'll check it out. I love that Manic Constant Sorrow song. Uh, you will. You will love the song that he does with him. It, it's. It feels like that, except it's got a little. Got a little dance groove that'll make you tap your foot. Okay. I like so. tapping my toes. Yeah. Good stuff. Check it out. Would you turn that damn thing off already? We're we're grumpy old geeks, right? That's that we're going with the old, even though we're not that old. But we are old enough that I, certainly for our, we have to think about our parents at this point. What uh, about dying? Basically, um, what's going to happen? Planning, you know, for funerals. Do our parents have wills? I, I actually sat down and did a will for myself a while back because we're no longer the invincible young pups that we once were. And this uh, is true. This yeah. is true. And the world has kind of moved on a bit in the old since since before as moving on means um so so i've even thought about this with my parents because my parents now have online accounts uh they some of their bills are paid online automatically some of uh you know all that sort of stuff what happens if they pass away and i don't have any of their information this has been a topic for about 10 years when um it came came to light when a suicide uh Basically, a suicide in I forget where it was, but his parents could not get into his accounts to read his email to basically backtrace 
what made him kill himself. And it would, got into this whole legal argument with Yahoo. Yeah. And Yahoo would not release it. And this was, this was, this is, and ever since then, it's been kind of a side topic in the digital realm, but mm-hmm. it's never really come that much to the forefront. Um, it, 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 like I said, it pops its head up every now and again, but it is definitely an issue. Yeah. What happens with your stuff when you're gone? Yeah. You know? And uh, so I ran across a little article, and it's kind of just, you know, it's your standard kind of list of, here's some things that you should keep in mind. And it's pretty good, and everybody should keep this in mind. And I actually do need to sit down with, with my parents and kind of go over. You don't want to write down your passwords, obviously, because that's stupid. But I need we need some sort of way where I'm aware of how to get into my parents' accounts, what accounts they even have, how to shut them down, uh, how to access things that need to be handled, how to remove billing all these sorts of things that we all do online now that, you know, basically one or two people may have access to the information or even know that it exists. Yeah. And this was, this was actually something that I came up with a long time ago. It was a, I can't remember I remember. Talked about this on the show. It's called death vault. Yes. And I mean, granted, not the happiest name. Um, <laughs> hey, but I was, I was flying a lot and I'm terribly nervous about flying. So I, I am, I, in my head, I'm going to die every time I step foot on a plane. So, <laughs> And I ran a couple hundred servers for many clients at that point. And I'm like, I'm the only one that has root. What if, what if I burn up in a fiery ball? That's going to be a giant inconvenience for these guys. I should come up with something to fix that. <laughs> Look at you thinking of others. Um, yeah, and I came so up with Death Vault. Which is, you know, it's, it's a dead man switch, basically, where you have a timed check-in, a heartbeat, as yeah. it were. And I, I pitched it. I was out drunk one night, and I pitched it to my buddy Kevin Rose, and he was like, oh, that's stupid. Don't do it. And in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't. Forget it. Yeah. And I still have the domain. I, I actually commissioned a logo, and I still want to do it, but somebody stole the idea from me that was literally sitting at the bar behind us and told me, listen to me, pitch him. <laughs> they went out and built it, and they didn't make a gazillion dollars. So I'm like, okay, well, then this idea is not going to fly. So I'm done. They did. They did all my my testing for me. Right. But we need this. I actually think that this should be something that is built into any social system where if you don't check in for a certain amount of time, or if there needs to be a third party key, something that's very um, secure, where it's not it's not about like I anybody can just come in and check my stuff. It's like if I'm no longer available. It it gets really great. It gets into gray area. I talked to Corey Doctorow about this in email when I was first doing the Death Vault stuff, and we we went back and forth with how can you make it secure that it can't be hacked, but it also can't be subpoenable. Like if I have your credentials for if something happens, you know, like the 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 porn buddy type of system. (laughs) If you die, I go to your house and I throw away your porn. Yes, Uh, that kind of aspect of it, and because you don't want it to be subpoenable if yeah. you know if, if you if a law enforcement agency knows that i have your key then they can subpoena me directly to give them your key well it almost needs to be a new legal precedent and like part of an official legal document a legal will as it were you know you you just you pick a person and and they get access to all this stuff which can't be touched in any other in any other event except for death well there's also the yeah there's that there's also uh possible multi-party keys so it yeah. takes 
takes two people or three people to combine a key to gain access to the knowledge base type of thing or whatever yeah. to get to get your one password file as it were you know pretty much yeah mm-hmm. that kind of thing so you, so they can subpoena one person but it's it's like a blind system where nobody knows who the other people are that have the keys mm-hmm. and then they get combined at the end there's all sorts of fun stuff that you can there's, think there, about this type there's of thing. definitely a real market for a val i mean a, a, a solution like this that's that's relatively easy to use because I, we're going to see this more and more it's just starting to be headlines now but we're definitely we're having generations of people right now that that are using digital technologies even though they're 80 90 and they aren't going to be around forever and uh all this stuff is is just kind of gets lost and obviously for obvious reasons uh they third-party companies can't give out information except to the person yeah and you know once you're dead you're dead you can't you can't sign off on it exactly there's yeah there definitely needs to be a like a chain of custody type of scenario where it's like okay i'm dead this is my next in line basically yeah. when you sign up for a for a social media service this is this is my next of kin we need a digital next you, of kin. You, you, digital well i don't know that <laughs> it's not digital it's meet next of kin who's, not <laughs> who's who's actually out here in the real world yeah um i there's there's a couple ways to go about this, I think, and it's something that needs to be thought of some more. Now I'm I'm kind of interested in maybe resurrecting. I think no, we resurrect. No, 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 no pun intended. Resurrect the death cult. Um, <laughs> no, I always thought when he first told me, I thought it was a really good idea, and uh, now it's it's more than now more than ever, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> it, and I stopped kind of with the there's there's a lot of pieces to make that work with encryption and mm-hmm. end to end encryption and is it in flight like pre-flight encryption so you every anything that you send me that goes in the vault is already encrypted and then once i get it i re-encrypt it right <laughs> you know i don't want to as the person who has somebody's data yeah. i don't want to be in a position where i can read it yeah. so that was always the the point was i don't have any access to anybody's data period yeah. Gotcha. And there are backup services that do this now. You know, you yeah. have end-to-end encryption with that maybe, stuff. But maybe we make Deadbox. Deadbox. Oh, God. That sounds like a goth chick. <laughs> I think I dated her. Yeah. And it, here's the. Here, this is my favorite part that I was talking to a security guy. He's like, okay, so I know you have a Death Vault account, and I know that that's where my documents are. What's stopping me from capturing you, torturing you to give me your password? Right. I'm like, let me think about this for a second. And I'm like... Okay, well, we have multiple passwords. We have the standard password to let you into your account. And we, we have, have the we have help, the, help, call the, the police. Yeah, the, the second tier called call the police. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Ren and Stimpy episode. <laughs> and the third one is, uh, oh, the site's down right. You know, as soon as you type in the password, it's like it puts up a fake page that says, oh, the site's under maintenance right now. Please try again later. And at that point, we've just wiped all your data, yeah. got the IP address, geolocated you, sent it off to the police. They're on their way <laughs> and sent, and blasted it to, you know, all of your friends saying, Joe's in trouble. Go get him. You know, yeah. call the yeah. Marines. <laughs> I, I just want to build a system where, that has that functionality just because I think it's cool. You know, it's cool. It is very cool. <laughs> well, it's definitely something to think about. And I think everybody should take a quick look at that article, too, because, uh, we don't like to think about it, but we, you you got to. <laughs> yeah, and, you do. Oh. Yeah, and we'll build a cool system and make a lot of money, maybe. We'll, well see. I will. Well, you will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just watch and poke fun at you while you do it. Okay. Closing shouts out! 
And uh, we're wrapping up another show. I, I personally had kind of a bit of a downer week, um, but I did run into something on the web that, that uh, I'm not sure if it cheered me up or just made me realize how insignificant my personal trials and tribulations actually are. Um, putting time in perspective, uh, this guy on the site, he's got uh, waitbutwhy.com, and uh, he's got a lot of interesting posts on there, but this one is, is the one that kind of caught me. Um, Humans are good at a lot of things, but putting time in perspective is not one of them. Uh, very true. And he went through and made a bunch of infographics that showcase time. Uh, and it just really kind of cheered me up. I don't know why. Because you just realize how crazy some of these stats are uh, and how little we actually really do comprehend time. There's there's just great stuff in here. I mean, he goes like he starts with like, here's the last 24 hours. And you see exactly how much of it is sleep versus being awake and having your coffee the last week and how little the last 24 hours is in a week year century an american's 30 year old life so far a long human life and then it gets ridiculous and goes to like the age of the universe and we have serious problems when the universe ends and all that kind of stuff it's just really fun to look at it's really interesting um and he did it in a very clever way and he's quite funny so yeah check it out yeah this is kind of a riff on the the opening of cosmos by carl sagan how yeah. he how he has the big grid and then he shows the entirety of human history yeah. and it's literally like a pixel in this 15 by <laughs> 25 foot grid of time yeah you know it's 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 definitely it it you know if you are a nihilist if you are a nihilist this is a very good look for you know you will play 20 minutes and you will be very cheerful yeah uh, i love it it was it just caught my fancy so did, did you read the comments because there are people in there that are literally like this Exactly. This is my only nightmare. This is why I can't <laughs> sleep at night. This is why trying is futile. Why in the end nothing matters anyway. <laughs> Yeah. The only consolation is being able to see at least a sliver of the universe, even though as soon as I die, that won't matter. And nobody and nothing will be changed by that fact. It's like, oh, my yeah. God. No, it's, it's, people people took this a little way too seriously. I, I loved it for the little things like I was looking at the, the he did a chart about the European colonization of the Americas. And I you, you think about that stuff. You kind of have a rough idea of time frames, you know, 1776 and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the most interesting, I'm just going to read his exact comment. He put a little box there and he said, the most interesting takeaway here is that a lot of time passed between the first British settlers arriving in Jamestown and the end of the American revolution, 169 years to be exact. That means the, that the beginning of the British colonies seemed as ancient to the forefathers as 1844 seems to us today. That's just crazy. You would never think of that. Okay, I didn't hear a word you just said because this is the guy that wrote the Why Generation Why Yuppies Are Unhappy post that has been <laughs> making a shitstorm around yeah. around the day. And I completely forgot to put this in the notes today to talk about it because this is just – it's a preposterous – post so now i'm bummed because this guy made such a great post and then he made such a stupid post can't all be winners oh geez. they can't they can't all be winners uh, we had our lady boy episode what are you gonna do <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh, who loves the lady boys oh yeah okay so no i i, I saw the yeah. i saw the y episode uh too that just seems like uh, that that annoyed me but whatever okay the, uh, the, the putting no, no, no. time in perspective very good yeah, putting time in perspective is good. Here's the upside. The Y generation, Y yuppie, gypsies is what they call them. Hmm. Um, and it's that weird, you know, generation Y is that weird gap 
type of yeah. generation because you know, I think we're both Gen Xers, aren't we? Yeah, Isn't yeah, that what, what, what yeah. That's what we fall under. Yeah, we like Winona Ryder. Oh God, I love Winona Ryder. See, that's how you define a Gen Xer. Um, <laughs> so the the upside of him writing this article is the rebuttal that I posted on Facebook the other day. That the link to the rebuttal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Even if you don't read the wide the the original article, the rebuttal is worth reading just because this guy is so funny and vitriolic. <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I'm unprepared for this. This, this totally shook me. I did not know this was coming. Okay. Check the show notes. This is a reason people this week to check the show notes. Grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 26. All right. I, oh, that's what it was. Wunderlist. Wunderlist. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, man, I'm so spacey. I'm so tired. I, I can't even say it. So when iOS 7 came out and everybody updated their apps, OmniFocus updated their app and mm-hmm. they want to charge you another 20 bucks. God damn it. I flipped my shit. <laughs> I completely flipped my shit. And I'm like my, uh, my buddy uh, Bobby Boucher. Uh, old coworker, a long time ago turned me on to Wunderlist, okay. which is a free task manager. They have a pro version and they do have pricing so they can make money, but the free okay. version is great. And it, it is on iOS. It is on the Mac store. You can even get it for that shitty little Google phone that some people have. <laughs> um, and it does exactly what all of the other paid apps that I pimped last week do. And it does it in a very pretty way. So I have dropped things. I have dropped OmniFocus because they're greedy. Okay. Greedy bastards. Um, you, you take a hundred and some of my dollars, I want updates. I'm sorry. I'm not going to spend 20 bucks again for your iPhone app, which is no, just... No, not at that kind of pricing. That's ridiculous. No. I, I don't mind giving you 99 cents if I paid three ninety nine, but uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I pay 140 bucks. I want updates for life. That's yeah. it. Unless it's Photoshop. This is a to-do list app. This is this is a to-do list app. Okay? I'm, I'm, I just want to put things in perspective here. This is not Photoshop. This does not have, you know, I cannot create a weekly world news Batboy <laughs> cover in my OmniFocus. In Photoshop, I can put my dog's head on my girlfriend's body and make something. This is a list of text. This is a sorted list of text. Wow. I'm really concerned about how you spend your Saturday nights right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I told you I got to get out of here. Um, so okay, well, that's it. Good. I, I'm going to check that out. So and uh, check out the show notes because uh, we got some rebuttals in there and some really good articles this week. So all right, man. Speaking I, of to do, uh, I, 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 yeah, I I've got to go see too. about fixing my computer now. So that'll be fun. Oh man, I'm so sorry. That's all right. It happens to all of us. So, it's my turn um, now. And and follow up from the opening notes, um, I just got a text from Dr. Teeter, and they're banged up. Uh, his head and shoulder were hit really hard, and Chen, his girlfriend, who we love, we love you, Chen, and get well soon. She has a concussion and a hairline fracture in her knee. Oof. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so sorry. Um, but here's the upside. I'm totally going to kick their ass on my Fitbit numbers for the next couple weeks. You are a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay, on that note, (laughs) see you next week. We'll see if Jason uh, 
Jason still around or still has a friend. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at GrumpyOldGeeks.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GrumpyOldGeeks, or email them at podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.